It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Quarterback Trey Lindsey here. You're listening to Locked On Auburn and Virginia definitely double dribble. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Joining us now on today's Locked On Auburn, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. Happy Ferg Friday, everyone. Jay Ferg, how are you? I'm all right. How are you, man? I am good. On a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised are you from Auburn announcing it's Bo Nix and Owen Papo next week? Yeah, um, seven, maybe six or seven. I guess I was in the frame of mind that, you know, under Gus Malzahn, we saw Auburn take um, seniors pretty much every year. Yeah. I think the exceptions to that were Jeremy Johnson and Jarrett Stidham. Um, but other than that, it was pretty much exclusively uh, a senior. So them taking two guys that are, you know, I think stars on the team, faces of the program. We've seen, you know, Bo's been the starter for the last two seasons, the quarterback, and he's the most uh, popular athlete, I would imagine, in terms of just who people know, I, I would say. And then Owen's gotten a lot of uh, love this offseason as well. He's got yeah. his face on the billboards and all that on, on South College. So um, I think it's just another sign that Brian Harsh is going to do things differently. They're going to just take their two, two best players, uh, or their two big stars, I think. Uh, is is a better way to put it, um, and so yeah, I was a little bit I was a little bit surprised by it. If if Malzahn is still coaching this team, who do you think he would have taken? Because I think I'm 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 more surprised that Smoke Monday is not one of the guys than anybody else. Really, I think if I think if we had three this year, Smoke's probably one yeah, of them. Yeah, right. I think I think if this is a Gus Malzahn team and like we're getting two, it's gonna be. It might have been Bo. It might have been Bo, but like you know, uh, this could be like a Nick Brahms, right? Uh, Zacoby McLean uh, combination because Zacoby's a senior. Um, Smoke, yeah, is another one that I, I was just kind of surprised. But like, if you look at the guys that I think Auburn has pushed as much as kind of like he, these are our guys um, this off season. It's been Bo. It's been Owen. And I think the third is Tank. And so I mean, it would have been. It'd be interesting to see if they could have taken a third, if they would have, if they would have taken Tank, mm-hmm. uh, because they have not shied away from uh, all the hype surrounding him this offseason. Right, right. Um, what do you think will be the biggest storyline after Auburn talks to the media on Thursdays? I'm sure Bo is not going to give really any sort of answer that has any kind of <laughs> value whatsoever. And Owen, I, I got a feeling he's going to keep things uh, pretty close to the chest as well. Yeah, I think I think Owen Owen's a really good interview. Owen was very good in the spring, I thought, um, and they the hype will be building for that defense. I, I know for sure. Um, I think that's going to be one of the big storylines coming out of it. Is like, all right, can Auburn's defense? How many games can Auburn's defense help them win, especially early on in the year as the offense tries to figure things out? I think everybody's going to want to point to the quarterback situation. I think the sign that they are bringing Bo doesn't mean that like tj finley has no shot yeah in this competition i think it just shows how much harder it's going to be to <laughs> knock off knock yeah. him off the perch right um but i think the big thing i think the big storyline we're going to get 
you know, especially from people who cover this team nationally or who, who cover the sport nationally, I should say, and, and not necessarily beat writers, is there's going to be a lot of like, all right, Brian Harson, this is your first big SEC type of experience. Media days is pretty wild here compared to what it is in the Mountain West. And it's like, can this guy bring the Boise State model and have it be successful in the SEC? And I think everybody's going to kind of be eyeballing that this year because Auburn made a pretty bold move in getting rid of Gus Malzahn and hiring somebody who did not have SEC experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think one of the interesting things about media days is all hyper-focused on this year, this year, this year. You know, that's what everybody's, the predictions and all that. Whereas if you look at the Brian Harson hire and you look at the Brian Harson, you know, plan, model, whatever you want to call it, it's not built to be super successful in 2021. It's about can you be consistently successful in the years to come? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to make the national tone around him very interesting. And I think Harson's got a lot of uh, fans, I think, in, in the national media um, because of what he did to Boise State. Right. So it'll be very interesting seeing that kind of balance out. Maybe the regional folks, the SEC folks, might be um, might be a little bit harsher on him just because you know he doesn't have that experience in the league. Jay Fergal was chatting uh, via text with a listener um, Thursday morning. And apparently Wednesday evening, the Atlanta Auburn Club, Zach Etheridge, of course Auburn's cornerbacks coach, was um, was the speaker. Yep. And uh, he was texting me the following morning, and apparently spent a lot of time talking about how impressed he is with Donovan Kaufman and Drayshon mm-hmm. Miller, and then mm-hmm. went on and on and on and on and on talking about how by Darius Knighton is going to be a beast. So yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's encouraging. Well, for sure, and and I think when you look at that secondary for Auburn this year, I mean, you bring back. Uh, you bring back Roger, you bring back Nehemiah Pritchett, you bring back Smoke, but then it's like everything else is kind of up for grabs. Knighton and Kaufman both can play safety or nickel, which is going to be very fascinating to watch. Ladarius Tennyson obviously played a decent bit last season for Auburn. Uh, And uh, yeah, Drayshon Miller, I mean, if you look at statistically, um, Auburn's got one of the top cornerback uh, combos in the league or in, in college football period right. based on stats last season. I think PFF had him at number three uh, in, in like best corner outside corner combinations in college football this year. I think they had number three and they said it's going to be Roger and either Nehemiah Pritchett or uh, Dreshawn Miller and yep. either one of them last season were so disruptive that, you know, Auburn's going to have a great mix no matter what. So, oh, and by the yeah, way, a backup, if one of those guys goes down or needs to take a breather, Jalen Simpson was not a uh, bad corner by any stretch of the imagination either. And no, not at all. And I thought he looked really good in spring ball as well. You know, with Drayshon Miller not there and the fact that they were playing Pritchett some at nickel, just kind of cross-training him a little bit. Yeah. To get Simpson out there and, and really focus in on his development in the spring, I think it's going to be good for Auburn in the long term. And this group is deep. I mean, um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Zion Puckett this offseason. And, mm. like, that's he's a guy now with when you have Knighton and you have Kaufman coming in, um, you know, you needed safeties. You were getting to the point in the spring where, um, you know, because of the injuries and, and such that, you know, you had Trey Elston uh, having to shine for you in the, on the second team. And that was really good for him, especially to have a walk-on play like that. But um, if Puckett can be healthy this this fall, I think he contributes in a big way. And uh, those newcomers at safety, I think the versatility, they just they just both really, really fit the type of defense that Derek Mason wants to run. Of course, we know that with Donovan Kaufman because he played for it last <laughs> right. season. Yeah. But also Knighton, I think just uh, Knighton looks like a guy that like, you know, you, they just plucked him up and said, all right, you're used to playing this, this, and this, and this type of defense. 
That's exactly what we're looking for. You've played more college football than pretty much anybody on this team. Uh, we don't care if it's an FCS level. We think you can play, and you know, I, I, I wouldn't blame him. I mean, people might look at it and say, oh, he's just an FCS guy. It's like Auburn would have taken a Casey Dunn right now on the on the offensive line. So it's like you can get really good talent from from all Americans at the FCS level. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag, the best way to bet on all of your sports action. Go to BetOnline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word, no spaces there, to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. It's free money, people. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin Ferguson, the Auburn Observer, our guest as he is every Friday. What's going on these days at the Observer, my friend? Yeah, so this week at the Observer, I uh, had a film room on Demetrius Robertson, um, had a story on Jabari Smith, uh, kind of breaking down like uh, one of the things this offseason I think I've been really interested in with Jabari Smith is like, I don't know if Auburn fans are really ready for a guy his talent level. Mm-hmm. Like, they've <laughs> Auburn's never had a dude quite like him before. And so we kind of wrote a story about that. And then had a fun podcast on Thursday. Uh, Painter and I went back and forth. Uh, and did a snake draft of the Auburn 2021 roster and kind of built our own teams to kind of preview the depth and, and kind of kind of look at it and you know give us give our takes on kind of uh, uh, who we think are the top players and such such and such and that was a lot of fun and so that was our premium podcast so if you sign up at the Observer AuburnObserver.com six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year you get access to all that and uh, we email it to you so you can read and listen on your own time. Yeah, worth every penny. All right, so I asked the Locked On Auburn Discord for some listener questions. You good to do mm-hmm. a few of those? Let's roll. Maddie Black was the first to get one in and we've touched on this a little bit. Um so and it's a very broad question Jay Ferg, but he asked uh, what's the offense going to have to do this year to show improvement from the previous years and could it eventually be a dominating offense? Is there yeah. one, if there was like one thing you had to look at in regards to that? Yeah, I think the big thing for for this offense in 2021, what's going to make them better, you know, long term is if it's Bo Nix, and we think it's probably going to be Bo Nix or whoever the quarterback is. Say Finley comes in and, and takes over at some point, which we said is might be it might be a tough thing to see. You've got to be a more accurate quarterback. Got to be a more efficient quarterback. Auburn's offense. I mean, you look at their you look at the makeup that they've got. They got one of the best running backs in the country in Tank Bigsby coming back. They've got uh, they've got some talented wide receivers, very very young, and it might it, that might kind of cap how effective they are through the air uh, in terms of big plays and stuff like that. Offensive line is very experienced. They've got to get better. Everybody knows that. But I think you know if your quarterback is completing less than sixty percent of his passes and he's not putting up good yards per attempt, and he's not good putting up good efficiency numbers, right. it's hard for you to be a really good offense. So if Brian Harson and Mike Bobo can kind of work some of their magic with quarterbacks, and, and when they've inherited quarterbacks and when they've recruited quarterbacks, guys in their first years have usually done a really good job under them. Um, if the light can come on for Bo, if year three ends up being the one for him, or 
you know, they have to turn it over to somebody else at the position. If they can be more of a 65%, you know, closer to 70% completion percentage, that, that takes this offense to the next level because now you feel a lot more, you know, you feel like you can do both things equally well. You'll be able to play. It will help the running game. Um, and so I think, I think that's the big thing. If, if, if this offense takes a big step forward this year, I think it's got to be consistency at the quarterback position. This is not going to be an offense that's going to look like LSU or Alabama the last couple of years. That's not how the, this, this team is built. But if you want to look at being really efficient and, 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 and really you know creating big plays in a variety of ways, this pro-style scheme can definitely do it. And uh, it might not win all these awards and it might not be the top of the leaderboards in, in, in stats year in and year out, but it can win you a lot of football games as we've seen um, in the last few years. Some, some, some schools have been able to make it happen. Uh, Lindsay asks, how does Ferg see the usage of all these defensive backs shaking out? Who's going to get less playing time than we expect and who's going to get more playing time than we probably expect? We already kind of touched on this a little bit, but anybody specific you think is going to get more playing time or less playing time? You mentioned Puckett. Would that be the answer for one of those? Yeah, I think Puckett's just because I've heard a, a decent bit about him this offseason and they really like him. I mean, the new safeties might cut into that uh, some as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like In terms of like who might not play quite as much, I, it's hard for me to pick it out because I think, you know, you're going to have three corners that that play at a high level. You've got several safeties that you can rely on and, and, and you really like now, maybe it's just that nickel spot. Like I'm, I'm curious to see how much Ladarius Tennyson plays. I think he plays a decent bit, but like Auburn went out and got two dudes in Donovan Kaufman and by Darius Knight and they yeah. kind of play that same role. Um, not to take anything away from, a, you know, a guy like, like Tennyson, he played a ton last season for a true freshman it's just going to be very interesting, I think, I think, where he fits in and where some of these guys fit in because, you know, about half, maybe even more than half of this defensive backfield, you can say, oh, you can play here and you can play here or you can play here. Um, there are very few just strict, this is your role type of guys in the secondary, which is what Derek Mason loves doing with his secondary. Um, it's just going to make it's just going to make for some really fun, um, you know, tracking of like snap counts and stuff like that. All right, Jay Ferguson, this is a fun one. Benji asks. What intangible football stat is Justin's favorite, and how does it impact Auburn? Mm, intangible football stat? Like I, like I, I, I guess I, I guess I needed some examples of that. Where yeah, uh, maybe just like um, deeper, less uh, less talked about stat. Maybe that's what he means. Okay. All right. So yeah, maybe some some more you know kind of advanced stats. Um, that I that I really really like. Um, I mean, you kind of lead the charge for like um, yards per play instead of you know yards, yards per game per and play. stuff. Don't, yeah. don't trust anyone who tells you yards per game. That that is not a good metric. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's not a good one. You know, it, it, it's it's one of those that um, it it's not it's not necessarily like super deep and advanced, but I don't think it gets talked about quite as much. Okay, uh, but. One of the things that I think Bill Connolly and, and, and a lot of like people who do advanced stats do a good job of is um, points per scoring opportunity, which means how many points are you getting every time you cross the other team's 40, right? That's a scoring opportunity, whether you were kicking a field goal or you're, hit, you're scoring a touchdown. The best teams are the ones that make the most of those opportunities, and it doesn't really matter. Like you can, between the, you know, from your own end zone to the 40, 
however you get there is whatever. You know, you can be a team that runs fast and plays super up tempo, or you could kind of grind it out. I think of those, you know, some of those uh, 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 you know service academy teams that are really efficient on offense. Yep, grind it, up, grind it up. But once you get inside the scoring oper- uh, scoring opportunities, the inside the forty yard line, how often are you putting the the ball in the end zone? How often are you getting field goals? How many times are you turning it over? How many times are you backing yourself up and 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 having a punt from it? So I think that's one of those things because we saw under Gus Malzahn in some of those lean years of offense, they would get across the 40 and then have to kick a field goal mm-hmm. or they would turn the ball over or something would go wrong in the red zone. And the best teams, you can do it in a variety of ways. You don't have to throw it deep every play. You don't have to have like a super dominant running game. There's a lot of different styles that can work there, but the teams that are the most efficient at when they get those scoring opportunities, putting points on the board. So that that, that points per scoring opportunity metric is something I'm really keeping an eye on because that is where it's like, okay, it doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter what your style is. The best offenses are the ones that are that are pretty high up in that in that thing. And I think we don't talk about it quite as much. We talk about red zone offense a good bit, but I also think scoring opportunities are good because kickers can you know hit from miles away now in, in college football. Sure. Justin Ferguson, our guest on today's Locked on Auburn. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, uh, even 100% more on all of these parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked On Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. My child is crying. I apologize. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, JFR, we got a few more here. This is a very important one. I am JBC123. Jamie asks, what is Justin's go-to Sonic dessert order? Oh, Wow. That's a good question. Uh, I thought so. I thought yeah, so. That's a really good one. So I, um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Sonic's um, milkshakes, especially mm. like when you can get them really cheap. Right. Uh, my go-to there is a peanut butter and banana one because Ooh. they use real peanut butter and they use real bananas in it. Okay. Um, that's that's a good move. That's a good move. That's mine. The peanut butter. If you ask for a peanut butter banana milkshake at, at sonic um it's heavy um it does the job though um, <laughs> sure. that's my that's my that's my movie because yeah I, you can tell when you know when you get a milkshake where the stuff in it tastes real uh and you know it's kind of real realer stuff yeah um that's that's that that, that kind of goes the extra mile so that's my pick that's a good one that's a good one do you ever eat food at sonic i mean i primarily Rarely. go to sonic for dessert stuff but right if you go there for food it's the craziest thing in the world to me and this is it's going to sound like an insult, and it's not a bad thing. It's just the way it is. <laughs> but all the food at Sonic tastes exactly the same to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. their burger tastes just like their tater tots, which tastes just like their hot dogs. Like, it is the weirdest thing to me. It's like, <laughs> what shape of Sonic do you want today is really what you're doing. Yeah, it's 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 kind of got a it's kind of got a little bit of Taco Bell to it, where it's just like we have this we have the base ingredients and it's going to be just some order of them. So uh-huh. just, just yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't eat there regularly. Um, I do though, and I'm I'm a sucker for them. 
Um, every now and then, if like I'm getting a drink there, I, I, I might get me the order of mozzarella sticks. And okay. they're just like frozen mozzarella <laughs> sticks that you could get at the grocery store. But if you put them in the fryer and you do them right, you know, they, they, they hit the spot. So that's that's pretty much it. Like I don't eat food there often at all. Yeah. Like, it's more of a drink spot for me. No, I've gotten their cheese sticks and then like jalapeno poppers and stuff like that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. Th- those That stuff I think you can, you know, you know what it, you're getting and it's pretty base. So like you're going to, you're, you're going to be fine with it. Like I, people who go there and like tell me like, oh yeah, their burgers are really good. It's like, okay, maybe. I mean like <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there for it. Sorry. Yeah. There's other places to get a burger. Sorry, Sonic. Um, Sorry. All right. I, I think this is a good question to wrap things up with Justin. Tyler asks, why did he start in journalism, and what are his future goals for The Observer? <laughs> All right, so um, journalism, I kind of fell into it. Uh, I went to Auburn, undeclared major, had no idea really what I wanted to do yeah. in my life. And um, uh, I, I, was taking a, I was taking a completely unrelated class um, during my freshman year of, of college, uh, and it was an honors college class, and I immediately dropped out of honors college because that was not for me. Um, but it was a <laughs> class that was taught by a lot of different professors from a lot of different – it was team taught by a lot of different professors from a lot of different um, areas of, 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 of campus life. Yeah. One of them was Dr. John Carvalho, who was sport, you know, journalism professor at Auburn. I met him through that. We started talking. Um, he, you know, I was a sports guy, obviously, you know, big sports fan. And he, you know, English was always something that I was pretty good at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up, I loved to read and I loved to write, uh, you know, uh, all throughout school. And so they were like, and so Dr. Carvalho was like, why don't you just go um, and check out the Plainsman and see if they'll give you an assignment and just check it out and see if you like it. Right. And I did. And uh, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, I, I wrote my first story was a, a volunteer assignment covering volleyball and had no idea what I was doing. And uh, my first story there got absolutely ripped apart by a, by a copy editor. Uh, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, but I loved it. And, uh, and I kept going with that. And I thought, well, maybe I could just keep doing this and maybe I could learn, you know, ha- how to do this for a living. And so um, went into the journalism program and got a bunch of connections there working at the Plainsman and pretty much every job I've gotten to this point is because, um, I first walked into that Plainsman office and, and, and started meeting people. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, I, you know, if I was, I, I don't want to be mean here cause it would have changed my life dramatically. Uh, but like, if I was going to be like, I'm going to pick journalism going out of, out of college, probably wouldn't have gone to Auburn. Um, just because, you know, it's not known for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it definitely gave me the tools and the resources and the connections I needed to make it as far as I do. Right. Um, when you talk about like goals long term for the observer, um, you know, I, I think my thing is just what we're doing right now. I feel like the growth that we've had um, pretty much being word of mouth and not really going over the top on like deals and specials and like advertising and stuff like that, but just word of mouth from fans to get to this point doing the stuff that I said I wanted to do it's worked so well that I just want to keep it keep it kind of growing like as it is yeah um I think writing this off in a week is is a perfect sweet spot for me I think doing the podcast is perfect for me and you know maybe down the line you know try to try to you know maybe um you know link up with some more people down down the road and 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 you know cross promote and stuff like that but I mean right now it's just like Let's see how far I can, let's see how big I can grow this from, you know, just 
writing a few newsletters a week and doing a couple of podcasts and seeing how many people get on board with it. Because, uh, right now we are, we're in a really good spot. We're, we're closing in on 800 subscribers and you know, I would have never thought we'd have been at this spot this, the, the, this early in the game. You're not even at a year yet, right? No. Uh, yeah, our first, uh, so it'll be a year. It'll be a year from uh, September 1st was when we started it last year. So we're, we're closing in on that, but we didn't start taking uh, paid subscriptions until October 1st. That's right. You, yeah. You did like a month preview kind of thing. That's right. Yep. That's right. Well, if folks are interested uh, in, in what you uh, said about the observer and, and things like that, what's the best way for them to sign up? Yeah. AuburnObserver.com. You're going to go there. It'll tell you to type in your email do that it'll send you an email and it gives you a way to kind of introduce what we've got going on a, a way to click a button you can click an, e- an easy button and it'll let you subscribe there six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year uh and you, you can check out everything we've got um on the website that film room mailbag on friday if you're listening to this you the mailbag will be out um the podcast and all that Everything we do, once you sign up and get in, everything you everything we do gets emailed straight to your inbox. Uh, so you don't have to go to a website ever again. You don't have to wait for a link on Twitter or anything like that. It goes straight to you, and it's an easy way to read and listen to what we've got going on, auburnobserver.com. And if you want to listen to our free podcast and kind of just check out what we've got going on once a week for free, uh, just search uh, Auburn Observer wherever you listen to your podcast, and you will be able to find our free weekend editions. Justin, thank you so much, brother. Yes, absolutely, man. That's Justin Ferguson joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Auburn Observer. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blacker. Be sure on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back on Monday. It'll be SEC Media Days. Let's get it. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.